too early for being that loud? Hey, too late. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. That's right. It is early. And you are listening to a couple of Yentes Yakin, also known as Coffee and Chronic, with the Princess of Profanity, Phoenix, and Empress Emily. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. So this is yeah. this is rather the proof of concept episode for Coffee and Chronic, a new show that yourself and I are going to be doing at seven o'clock Monday mornings to start your week off right. Because there's nothing better than a little wake and bake with some coffee and chronic. So uh, pour a cup, roll up, and uh, start the the week off right with some just. Caffeinated nonsense. That's right. It is With definitely to back it up. It is caffeinated nonsense, but it's it's some really good caffeinated nonsense. I assure you. So, do we want to start with um, my most recent hot take from our phone conversation? <laughs> yes, I think we should start. Oh my God, we got a live boostergram for thirty-three thirty-three. <gasps> Break a leg from C Brooklyn. Thank Aww. you. We love you, C Brooklyn. Hell yeah. Thank you. You're the best, homie. You are. Yeah. So uh, I, think, I think we should kick this thing off talking about why Adderall is bad for kids. I, I like this topic. And you know, anytime I get a chance to shit on Big Pharma, I'm 100% all about it. We like doing that. It's one of my favorite pastimes. Uh, so the long and the short is that as adults on planet earth, aware of the pharma monster, we know that, um, Adderall is like one chemical compound away from methamphetamine, which is a drugs are bad war on drugs. People go to prison. Um, but because we've taken out one chemical compound, we can give it to children. And that just didn't ever sit right with me. Like, yeah, that, that's, not, that's not nefarious at all. <laughs> nah, nah. And I don't know about you, but I can only speak from my lived experience. Um, people on meth do some wild your brain ain't working how did you come to that conclusion what was your thinking things i think i recently actually heard or read something where they were talking about like people on meth will even kids uh, i believe and it might have even been the conversation you and i had had like you'll take a dick in the ass when you're on meth and like it where you wouldn't normally do that yeah, I, no. I either so, heard or read something about that, that and was, I was like, the fuck? Yeah, that was that was our conversation, and then the reading part of it came from when uh, we, or it was probably the connection in the AIDS epidemic. Like, it was also, like, the only reason that went so far and wide was because you have gay men on the either the cocaine or on the first iteration of street mess. And, like, your inhibitions are so low and your wants are so high that even, like, normal straight men in the heat of the moment, like, don't think to wrap it 
if you shut off the part of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, that considers long-term thinking or like what happens if I do this, like consequences, um, you, you like, you don't think about that. So now you're high as a kite and raw dog and everything in sight. Okay. But and, I have seen people on just alcohol do the same, do thing. The same thing. Weed too. Right. I, because alcohol, these are things yeah, that alcohol, lower your inhibition. Yeah. It shuts off your prefrontal cortex. Okay, lowers but, inhibition. but do you think that it's the meth or do you think it's a it's a smattering of the meth plus there's already this predetermined desire that I want to get fucked in the ass and hey, I don't have a rubber. Oh, well, I still need to get my rocks off. We'll take a chance. I mean, sure. Some of that probably does play in. Um, and I, I think that that's more, I, how would I word that? I guess it would be like a prison situation. You know what I mean? Like sometimes the straight guys, they still, you know, in prison, they'll do what they got to do if they got a long stint or whatever. Yeah, um, I've, I've so heard of that. like a proximity thing. So if you're out on a guy's night and you're drinking and you're partying and like, you're not really gay, but... You know, no chicks wanted to come home with us tonight. So, uh, I don't know. Like, I think it's- I, I'm, I'm, I'm beaten off at that point. <laughs> like, if I'm not gay and I have absolutely no inkling to want to experience been that it, high or high that way. Do what? Have you ever been high that way? No, I've never like, been so high that okay. I wanted to. Um, Girl, have sex. let me tell you something. That this this is one of those things where, like, unless you've been there, you ain't never been there. You just heard stories. Um, no, I, I, I can. I, I'm totally to, like, admitting ecstasy. I've never, I've never been so fucked up that I have done something sexually that I didn't want to that do voluntarily. Do. Right, for sure, for sure, for sure. But um, I've also made no bones about the fact of being pansexual and, you know, I've been with men, I've been with women and it's not, for me, it's not about like there's, see, for me, it's two differentiations. Okay. Back before I actually got into a stable relationship, I'm not going to say that I didn't make some questionable decisions because I was not being fulfilled in my relationship, but that was not an emotional thing. Like people that I had sex with, whether they be male or female, it was not an emotional thing. It was literally a physical animal thing. And I think that's what we're talking about here is yeah. it's not an emotional connection that these people no, no. are making. It's a, I have an animal need to satisfy. I have a need. You will meet this need. Let's get right. needs met. Yeah. It, it, that's I think I say, the like drugs just take the, the inhibitions away. Your, yes, yes. So the only thing that I can equate the lowering of inhibitions when on methamphetamines to would be if you've ever done like uh, ecstasy or like Molly, um, that like really euphoric feeling that you have. But then there's also that like once you decide that you want something, like you're going to get it. Um, without all the, oh, everybody's great, the world is wonderful, like, there's no good side to it. It's just that animalistic lizard brain, find it and fuck it, 
Yeah, and that's where that's where legalities and consent and everything come in, which is another whole conversation we could have over this new bullshit that uh, and I'm sure you've heard about it, the whole Snow White thing where, oh, the prince raped her. She didn't give consent. Like, um, okay, if every single time your boyfriend wants to get a piece broke off, he has to get a contract from you that it's okay, we have a problem in society, folks. I mean, if two people are getting heavy and into it, um pretty sure that unless the word no or a physical body action indicates that things should not progress further that's consent that's implied consent at best well when you're in a relationship things are different i mean until like 1996 ish it was not let me repeat this n-o-t illegal to rape your wife so isn't that uh, fucking irony though no for for serious like let's let's dive into that even though that's a side digression from our Adderall conversation yeah I I want to get your position on that because I, I can tell you my personal position being if I'm married to you and I'm just not in the mood and I tell you, no, baby, you know, I'm, I'm really not wanting this. And you decide, well, fuck you. I'm married to you. I'm going to stick my dick in you anyway. Yeah, fuck. That's rape. I don't give a fuck. I said no. You still did it. It's OV. I don't give a fuck if we're married. That does not give you the inalienable unfettered right to stick your dick in me anytime you want just because I have a ring on my hand. If I don't want to do it and I've expressed to you, this is not what I want to do. I am not a consenting party to this. It still applies. Uh, well. (laughs) She's speechless, folks. Absolutely speechless. I didn't hear Um, you. (laughs) You've broken my brain. So, well, I'm sorry. All right. Let's see. Okay. So the reason why it was legal to do that um, was because way back in the diggity day, we used to marry off our daughters at like 14 um, right. and send them off to the world to procreate and, you know, homestead and shit, whatever the fuck we did back then when we were more retarded in other ways. Um so the stipulation, it, it, that was like a, a survival thing. Like if you weren't going to procreate, then like we don't go anywhere. Like we die. So I don't really care if you don't want it. Like you're, you're my wife. Your only duty is to make my babies, right? Like, and that's the world that we lived in. Now in 1996, we had no fucking problem with population. Like Bill Clinton was president. We were clearly doing okay on population. Um, So I think that it's just one of those old laws that had a purpose and no longer served a purpose. We have a lot of those. Yeah, we do have a lot of those. We got a lot of them. Um, However, doing that, like inadvertently started the fourth wave of feminism that we're currently fucking fighting off at the pass right now. Um, because the third wave was when women could get credit cards and have jobs and have credit scores and all that shit in the sixties and seventies. 
my like grandma's generation. And then with my mom, they said, okay, well, y'all get no fault divorce. And if you don't want to divorce your husband, he can't rape you now. And if he does, you can go press charges on him. Um, it's, it's one of those like pandering things that they'll give us women and say, don't worry, ladies, we got you. And then I, I think this is actually bleeding in into the second subject we're going to cover today, though. Yeah, this is a good flow. Uh, but like in the situation, right, like let's say we have Betty Ann, whose husband, you know, takes it every Tuesday and she only wants to offer it on Wednesdays. So Betty Ann goes to the police department and says, my husband takes it on Tuesdays and I don't want to give it on Tuesdays. And the cops are going to look at her and say, okay, can you provide us proof? And then they'll take the proof and then they'll say, okay, we'll get somebody on it. And then it will sit on a shelf. And then like 17 years down the road, she'll be like, so he's still taking it on Tuesdays. What do I do? And they'll be like, oh, nobody's gotten to it yet. So like nothing ever happens. Like they never, they didn't follow up. They don't follow up enough to have a law on the books anymore, right? Like too many women started saying this is a problem or had said this is a problem from probably like when their husbands came home from World War One. I, I guess. It was probably about the kickoff of the, you're my woman, I'll take what I want from you. Um, so somewhere in like the 30s. That was an actual issue that we dealt with as women. Um, and somewhere probably in the 50s and 60s when we started getting divorced more, that was probably grounds for divorce. And enough people had that issue that they were finally like, you know what, for the women, we'll just make it illegal. You can't do that anymore. And the men will know that they can't do it. So they won't do it. You're welcome. Okay, I think we need to circle back to our original discussion about the Adderall. And then we, because uh, that discussion is, is an extremely um, hot-button topic that I believe we can get a lot of ground uh, discussed on. But I, I do want to circle back really quick to the Adderall because I find it to be very important. I think we, I think we rabbit hold as we often do on this stream. Um, we'll come back. Yeah, yeah. We, we should probably steer back to the Adderall thing, which, I mean, just on its surface, the fact that we're giving a drug of this caliber to children is, is frightening. And, and I don't agree with it by any standard. And it doesn't matter whether it's Adderall, Adderall uh, Ritalin, any of these medications to make them, you know, sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the the one thing that, like, really fired me up and I guess reignited my annoyance of it is, like, we don't have long-term research on this. We, we, we just absolutely do not. Like, the research we have on the effects of Adderall on the brain is in mice because, you know, that's what we use for medical research. Uh, and... The ones done on humans are like short 14 to 18 month observation periods. Yeah, and they're nowhere like near no long enough. They're nowhere near long enough to get a full scope of no, what no, we're no, looking no. at. Yeah, yeah. And then, so like the big uptick of um, prescriptions starts to happen in 1991. 
when ADHD is officially labeled as a learning deficiency. And, you know, it's interesting because anymore, now I know you, you know, you homeschool your daughter and thank you Uh for your courage on that because I wish I had done that for my children. I think things would have been much better for them. But the Uh thing we're seeing is because these kids and you, I mean, anyone who's listened to the Lotus Effect has heard Phone Boy and I going on and on about the fact of what are we feeding our kids? Because diet is so important in what happens with the brain chemistry of everyone from children to adults. You're hyping up up hyping them up on carbs and sugar for breakfast, then you're sending them to school where they're literally being forced into this, you know, quote unquote little box of you have to sit there and you have to pay attention. Meanwhile, inside their brains are just going and they don't know what the fuck to do. So they're like fidgeting, they're disruptive, this and that. And Mm -hmm. doctors just love, oh, it's ADHD, it's ADHD, it's ADHD. Here's a pill, here's a pill, here's a pill. And now you're zombifying your fucking kids. So it's kind of like, I have all this energy, but yet I don't want to do anything except for sit here and drool. And that's what the fuck the teachers want. They want a bunch of little zombies that are easy to control. Again, cookie cutter kids. Manageable. Manageable society. Yeah. Uh, Well, again, that bleeds into the whole thing of compliance and we all know the most giant compliance experiment we've seen masks yeah okay word the the absurdity of what we expect of children will never cease to amaze me so before we rabbit holes, we were discussing the prefrontal cortex and yes. how that's responsible for like your linear thinking, your ability to plan, your ability to execute said plans. Um, remind me, when when does your prefrontal cortex fully develop? I believe it's about mid twenties. Yeah, yeah. So when we give medication that's supposed to hinder the prefrontal cortex to a human who doesn't even have one yet, we don't think that that's going to negatively affect them. Well, that we could totally bleed that. That's going to in turn turn off a different part of the brain. Well, I was going to say we could easily in turn that to the whole transgender subject on how the law in California now makes it where at 12 years old, you can just make your own medical decisions. So with a school system that's going, oh, Jane, don't you feel like John? Don't you want to give up your... Yeah, exactly. Not only is it California, not only is it California that gives that to you, it is the Affordable Care Act. And I will get you the sections and subsections in Unimamenta because until my dying breath, I will fight. You know what? My hot take is to repeal the 19th Amendment. I might change that to repealing the Affordable Care Act because without the Affordable Care Act, these children and APA defines children as anyone under the age of 26. Let me vomit. But anyways... The, in the ACA, it extends the coverage to up to 26 years old. And in doing that, changes the language of what defines children in coverage. 
And by doing that, this allows 12-year-olds medical autonomy. That means at 12 years old, if the parent's insurance covers it, they can get it. You, as a parent, you don't even get access to your kid's medical records once they turn 12 anymore. They have to give you permission, the HIPAA permission, to view it. Isn't that disgusting? And then you have states like California, who are fucking pedo sanctuaries, who say, oh, by the way, kids, not only does the ACA give this to you, thanks, Obama, uh, California, local California over here, we're going to give you extra insurance. We'll even pay for you to have a place to live. And then when you hate yourself, you can whore yourself out, and the state of California will pay for it. What? (sighs) That's insane. Anyways. Man, that was on the internet. Okay, it's a death. Right. So yeah, that happened. The, so yeah. this because we only have a few more minutes to attack this Adderall oh. subject before we move into repeal the nineteen. So how do you think, other than parents being hold on parents, how do you think mm. we're going to fix this Adderall situation? I, I really think it starts on front line with parents being proactive and saying, no, I'm not going to fucking pump my kid full of big pharma. I mean, there again, I circle back to the whole diet issue where if you're not pumping sugar into your kids and you're trying to stay away from, you know, red dye 33, as we call it, or all the other <laughs> chemical additives in food that are triggering children's brains because of the whole lack of prefrontal cortex development. There's, right. I mean, there, there are other ways to keep your child's behavior somewhat in check if they are genuinely ADHD, but it takes effort. And I don't think parents have either the time nor the desire to take that effort anymore because I feel like parents just, and I'm not saying all parents, there are good parents out there, but there's a majority of parents who have what I call fuck trophies. They are status symbols. And once they just kind of pop that kid out you know then it's then it's on to it being a trophy Done. and they put it on, on to the next one yeah you know they they you know like carlin says you know touch the little fucker once in a while it's not gonna kill you yeah and i feel the yeah. same goes with if your child is hyperactive change their diet do not let the doctor just <laughs> shovel chemicals into your child and then wonder why when they turn 15 they've got a fucking ak on the roof of the school and they're picking off all the bullies that picked on them or worse right the so i personally my lived experience i have a fun game that i play when i notice a behavior of my own and that game i play is is it trauma is it some DSM-5 disorder, or is it just a reaction to the world I live in? And I think that more people should play that game or figure out a game of their own to play. And uh, instead of slapping labels on everything, like we're some college kid who just got our first label maker, uh, we need to examine things. You should be able to objectively look at your child and be objective and scrutinize, does my child sleep enough? Does my child get enough activity? 
does my child have decent nutrition? Like if most adults don't understand nutrition, I cannot, you can't impart wisdom or do things that you don't know how to do. So if you're the kind of person who thinks that McDonald's two or three times a week is okay, I was that person for a long time, boy, am I paying for it. Um, but uh, you it's, need to it's the pay now or pay later mentality. Look, right, yeah. You need to objectively look at your child's nutrition, their sleep, their activity levels, and also hydration. Hydration is key in everything. Bro, the one thing that solidified dehydration for me was a freaking episode of like black sales and they're like going flipping into like delirium dehydration and it fucking hit me like a ton of bricks i used to be a bartender and i used to work like a hundred and fucking ridiculous hours a week it was disgusting how much i put myself through but i would end up in the hospital dehydrated and always before i ended up in the hospital dehydrated i did some of the dumbest shit in my life the dumbest shit and I like watching that episode and seeing it happen. I was like, bro, your brain literally shuts down and just lets you do the dumbest shit because it, it accepts like this is the end. This is how I die because I don't have water. So yep. hydrate your fucking kids. Make sure that the only thing a child should be drinking is, I guess, milk. If you think that cows still provide milk that's good for you. Um, and water. Fucking water. Stop giving these babies Kool-Aid. We don't need Burt Kreischer's out here running around drinking a gallon of Kool-Aid a day. Do you want your kid to be that? No, we don't. Give them water. Yeah, and, and let's not even, I mean, and I've seen this. Coca-Cola in a baby bottle. Are you fucking high? If I had a nickel for every fucking Kool-Aid stash I have seen in my life. Uh, and and any more. It angers me. Yeah, any more. <laughs> It's not just a glass of normal, regular white milk at mealtime. No, it's got to be chalky milk or strawberry milk or some other sugar, more sugar. Like, God damn. Can we just stop? Yeah. So uh, objectively observe your children. And as much as we assume slash acknowledge slash that's just the progression of how these people grow up. Um, they are little adults in the sense that you are training them to be adults. So yeah, when parents we forget the fact that the whole job you have, you care, you know, as, as moms, because we can speak mm-hmm. from the, you know, the, the side of being moms as moms, we carry this creature in our body for nine months. And then for the next mm-hmm. 18 years, it's our job to make sure that to make they're sure it doesn't eating die. right, they're sleeping right, they're learning what they mm-hmm. need to learn, both educationally and, wait for it, here's where actually being hands-on with your kids comes in. <coughs> Excuse me. Teach them how to cook. Teach them how to clean. Mm-hmm. How to do mm-hmm. their laundry. And how to be respectful to both the same and opposite gender. And we're not even going to get into today the 33 fucking genders we now have because everybody says that they want to be an individual. So they identify as, you know, aliens and park benches. I thought we had more genders. Mouth breathers. I thought we were up to like 50 something genders by now. Say that again. 
I said, I thought we were up to like 50 something genders. Oh God, I, I don't even know. I threw out 33 because it's okay. the magic number and it was completely yeah. the, arbitrary, but it's yeah, fucking so disgusting. We're not even, you know what? We'll save that for episode two, our rant on genders. Because I think that the wonderful listeners want to hear our thoughts on the repeal of Article 9, or uh, excuse me, Amendment 19. 19 Amendment. So, uh, full circle tie it all in, you know, um, if we repealed the 19th amendment, I think America would be in a better place. I think that the women of this country do not deserve to carry the burden of voting on policies that, uh, most of the time don't actually happen. Like what we vote for doesn't come to fruition. Um, in long-term mother logic, it doesn't, benefit the country, uh, the, most of the policies and stuff that we are asked to vote for. Uh, so I think that removing ourselves from the pool would help clean it up a little bit because uh, with women who don't have men to protect them find a government that will support them. And I said what I fucking said. Uh, so when we vote, we vote from a position of assumed security and safety with our vote. And that has been used against us. It has been one pandering bullshit thing after another. And I think that the women of this country deserve better. So we should remove ourselves from the situation and we should say, okay, men or those who are in a sketch can vote and y'all can deal with it. You're the ones who get sent to war not going to fight you on that. Y'all are the ones who have to pay a majority of the taxes to Mopoda, which is just men work more than we do. Um, so a majority of this you fund, you are held responsible for it, up to and including your life. You should be voting for it. And when the men get treated like all of us got treated, and it doesn't go through, and they lie to you, and then they start pandering to men, do you know how much men like to get pandered to? Of they course don't. we do. They don't. They do not enjoy it. They find it beneath them to be pandered to. So then they'll get angry and then they'll listen. So, uh, or, or it'll just turn into a dumpster fire and then I can rise up and say matriarchy time. Let's go America. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to take a, a slightly different stance on this. Now, of course, you know, for, for those who don't know, the 19th Amendment gave women the right to vote. And... Our suffragettes did their deeds. Say that again? I said our suffragettes did their deeds. And we needed yes. it back then, right? Like, we we were not treated well back in the diggity day. But once we did get the right to vote, like, is it really that much better? No, we're out here fucking grinding two three jobs boss bitch status hate in life letting other people raise our freaking kids at school letting doctors put them on medications they don't need serving men that aren't our husbands and all the while wondering why we hate life and have anxiety and depression and need wagovi to lose weight okay Ladies, but quit your jobs go home but let <laughs> me let let me um let me offer an interesting position on this because if we look at the current social climate 
and and this really does lean heavily into feminism but Mm -hmm. you have so many women and as someone who has walked in and existed in a very male dominant profession for better than 14 years I think that we have spent so much time trying to prove that we are equal to the men and that we can do whatever the men do. And that does include mm-hmm. voting. Uh, there are so many women who are just adamant about how important, you know, having the same equal rights as men are to to think that repealing that is going to do anything in the positive because these women are not looking at the fact that, well, for, all right. I, I think, I think we need to peel back to the part where your vote doesn't count anyway. Let, let's just start no, on the base level where it doesn't matter male or female, your vote does not count because mm-hmm. the only vote that counts is that of the electoral college, which you show me, the person in each state that's representing the electoral college, how many of them are women? Let's just start right. there. So to try to get a lot of females, I mean, you're, you're essentially asking us to go back to the traditional role of the housewife in the apron who just lives to clean house, raise kids, cook his dinner, you know, suck his dick and, you know, that's her job, pregnant and barefoot in the kitchen. You shouldn't be out there working, shouldn't be out there voting, stay in your box. I, I say this as the lady who's at home, my passport occupation says homemaker. Um, I, I cannot tell you how much happier I am on a day-to-day basis once I fucking unhooked from the matrix and yanked myself out of equal power, equal work. I, it's, I love every person listening to this, but it's fucking delusional. It's lady brain delusion to think that we are equal to men, to think that societally and evolutionarily and cosmically we're equal to them in all ways, right? Like we, as much as you can add salt to food, you can add pepper, right? They have to go together. You can't, you can't be equal to something that you are a part of. But that demeans the female role. It makes, I mean, theoretically, it makes men more powerful which then becomes a problem because if you give them that power that I'm subservient to you, you're the best because you're the big hunter gatherer, you go out and you do all the things that eventually we're back to where men think that because they quote own their wives that they can just slap them around if they're not doing what they think they should be doing, you know. Those same, so when when that conversation comes up, my sister and I have these conversations, and I love it, and I love that you're able to offer the other side of it, and I 
I, I hear all of it because I've been with the person who's treated me poorly. I have had friends who have the person who treats you poorly. Like, again, that falls on us as women to not only look at the man, but like, is his car all scratched and dinged up? Does he speak politely to the service people when you're out to dinner? Does he answer the phone with a, you know, a certain attitude or does he have a different tone when he talks to his mom? Like these are little things that women have, we've basically been deprogrammed to notice and pay attention to, but we need to re-embrace that because that's part of our skill is discernment. We are wired for survival. We are supposed to look at them and see the whole picture and realize that if I belong to this man, I'm going to be scratched and dented. I'm going to be hollered at when the food isn't right. You know, so then that's where you're like, you know what? No, not that guy. I don't care how much money he makes. I don't care how cute he is. I don't care how much he gathers. All of the signs don't line up. No. Okay, but here's the thing. That also starts with, one, learning that you need to have and have the right to have boundaries. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. a lot of the young women that we're dealing with nowadays don't have them. They don't have that because it wasn't taught to them. We, you know, as young women, mothers okay we have and a responsibility because their mamas was at work well and that's what i'm saying okay in and why, order did, for- why were their mamas at work because their mamas were told you can work now you ain't got to be at home with all these kids that you made yeah you don't I- have to do that no more ma'am you can go answer phones <laughs> i i get that okay but i think that that's a shitty cop-out because of the fact that they did take our men and send them to war. That's what sent us into the workforce in the first place. Yes, that is a cop out. Right. And and then you get into the whole, you know, I want equality thing. Okay. But here's the thing. Even being a working mother. Okay. I've been a working mother pretty much all of my children's life. All of your days. Yes, but ma'am. it does not negate your responsibility as a mother Okay. No, it doesn't. It just add more, it adds more to your responsibility, which means you're less good at all of the things you have to do. But the, but the point that I'm making on this is about, um, about instilling boundaries and understanding your worth. Okay. That's where we have a big mm-hmm. problem with our youth is that they are misguided in what they think being you know, having boundaries, being respected and stuff like that equates to it is like you said, looking at how does he talk to his mother? How does he keep his car? You're right. Girls have been heavily deprogrammed to be on the lookout for the fact that the way that he does this or the way that he does that is going to be how he treats you. And you know what's interesting? So I, I will actually say that because girls nowadays have really bad self-image problems, a lot of that does come from social media and the fact that their whole influence, because mom's busy working and dad may or may not even be in the picture, a lot of their influence is coming from TikTok and social media where you have to be a size double negative zero and 
all of your friends are online. Doesn't matter if you've never met these people. I have thousands of followers. Yeah. And if you were sitting in fucking jail because something went tits up for you, just exactly how many of them would be there to be ponying up money for your bail? Guess what? Not a damn one of them. The only way you know you got a true ride or die is you've met that person in person You've known them for an extended period of time. Like the whole social dynamic is just completely slanted. And as someone who did not grow up with the right boundaries and even knowing I could have boundaries, it caused a major detriment in my life. I had a lot of shitty partners because I was not paying attention to the scratch and dent model because my whole thought was just, Oh my God, he looked at me. Oh my God, he paid attention to me. And in uh-huh. the in the case of my, you know, most recent ex-husband, it's interesting because you talk about the whole, you know, how does he treat his mom, this and that. I will tell you, this this man was a Jekyll and fucking Hyde. When we first got together, oh, he'd open car doors for me and he was the perfect Southern gentleman and, you know... The face that he showed his stepmom, because his real mom had passed like many years before, but the face he put on for his family was a thousand percent different than the face he put on when we were not in the public eye. And that's a fucking problem. Because to be able to see through that, if you're not versed in what it looks like, you're going to be sucked in. You're going to be fooled by that man who opens doors and pulls out chairs and talks nice to you. And then once they have Uh their hooks in you, once they have you completely under their spell where you think, oh my God, he's my knight in shining armor. That's when the armor begins to tarnish. And that's when the little anger spouts come out. The cracks start to show. And what do you do? You're already steeped in it. Do you, if you have no boundaries, if you've never been taught you're allowed to have boundaries, you just, you stay in the pot and boil to death. You know, it's, it's, it's the old, you know, frog in the water thing. You know, you put a frog in boiling water, he's going to jump out immediately. But if you put that frog in cold water and heat it slowly, he's going to stay in that pot and boil to death. I think that that in in some ways, when it comes to boundaries in young women, that's what this comes down to. You are absolutely correct. It's a lack of foundational, um, the, the foundations of the individual identity. So like you have to know that you are in, right. I am myself. And then you also have to know that you're worth something. And you also have to know that other people need to know that you're worth something and you are someone and that you have expectations on the way that you're going to be treated or, or you have limits to how you're going to be treated. But when we, we have, I with confidence say that we're about three generations in of people coming into adulthood without a decent foundation, at least 40% of the people who are adults today have a low self-worth have uh, unhealthy boundaries, being nice. Um, and by being nice, I mean like unhealthy boundaries would be the least of the problems. <laughs> uh, and they also have, you know, um, a loss of sense of self, whether it be because, oh, I'm no longer Jimmy the football store or football star. Now I'm uh, Jimmy the husband or Jimmy the dad or Jimmy employee of the year. Like there's a bit of an identity crisis, but it all comes back to 
not having one instilled to you in you when you were a child, um, and also what was in you being box or not box like just um, taken out of you by being at public school for fucking twelve, thirteen years. Yeah, and uh, you've, you've you actually can't go conform and be one of the many and still come out an individual. It just it doesn't work. It can't work that way. Yeah, and you you actually. Um... In conversations that we've had, you have actually talked about, and, and this, you know, this is a little off the topic of, uh, uh, of Amendment 19, but you've talked about how ultimately school is just a training ground for work with the whole yeah. hours structure and everything. Yep. Well, I mean, what's his face told us that when he made public school Rockefeller I need people to work in my factories who know what's something about something. And here we fucking are today. You know, nobody comes out of school having conversation skills. No one comes out of school being able to independently think or problem solve. Bro, I challenge you to find me a cashier. I'll give you a whole week. I will give you Monday to Monday to go find it. Find me a cashier that you give them, let's say the total is $12.25. Give them a $20 bill and 25 cents and watch. It's that fucking math gift. Their yeah. brains break. They don't know what yeah. to do. They don't know how they to make can't change in their own head. Problem solve. It, when I worked, it went away. Um, the amount of times people were shocked that I just solved a problem on my own, like the customers expected me to not know how to fix something like whether it be the line was too long and I couldn't get the thing to work and they're just trying to pay for their dollar coffee bro I don't care have a great day get out of here I'm gonna avoid the sale and I'll explain it to my boss later they're just dumbfounded that like oh my god she's a, she could use her brain on her own <laughs> so nobody comes out of school with independent thinking they're not coming out with problem solving they they don't have personalities they just don't no, like they have not absolutely no idea how to. People. They're cogs in a machine. They are. They don't know how to have interpersonal and if they relational skills. It's right, all online. If they're, not, if they're not already assigned a machine upon exit high school, then they go to college for retooling. Like, it's, it's, who wants that? Who wants that? When you look at your sweet little baby child that you either grew in your, in your own body or you helped make, you threw in some ingredients and that's half of your sweet baby child. How do you look at thing and say, that thing and say, I'm gonna sign you up for 12 years of soul crushing shit. And then after that, you're gonna go find something soul crushing that pays. What? Fucking what? Well, I, I think we need to do <laughs> this as a subject for another show um, because I, I do have a lot of thoughts on it. And I, I do want to circle back on something we were talking about earlier really quick because we're getting toward the top of the hour, which is the, you know, the, the traditional gender roles that you were talking about and how, you know, you enjoy the fact of being a housewife and tending house and taking care of the kids while your husband goes to work. And I do respect that. Um, but I do think that... A lot it took me a long time to enjoy this, by the way. I used to be, hell no, nah, boss bitch, fucking get this bread. I, I did it for a long time. I was delusional. I told myself what I needed to tell myself to get the bag. And see, I, 
I am. I think that the option should be kept open. I, I just kind of think that I like the idea of having options. Not that I necessarily uh-huh. like the you know like the option of being able to vote. Just because I don't think your vote counts, okay, and I have strong feelings on it, doesn't mean that I want the right to do so if I ever changed my mind to not be there. And I mean, I can get behind what you're saying with, you know, we we are are taking on the burden of the men's fuck ups. And then they look at us like, well, you're the ones who did it. Well, no, we didn't. You all fucked it up. We just you stood help, behind you, you like loyal women mess. that supported you. They look around and they're like, y'all help make this mess. Help us clean up, though. And we're like, and I just want to be at the point where we can say, no, that's y'all's mess. Get comfy or fucking figure it out. Because I think ultimately in my brain, the way that repealing the 19th plays out is it takes the big, big world burden off of us women and puts the smaller one of holding the men around us accountable. Like, if I'm busy trying to hold the whole world accountable, I don't have time to hold my brother accountable or my grandfather or my husband or my father. Like, I don't have time to pay attention to the people around me if I'm worried about the big world. If I can say, fuck the big world, turn it off, that's not my responsibility. I can pay attention to the people around me. And if the men around me are in order, then the men around them will be in order. And the men around those men will be in order. They're a self-regulating group if they have the input of us as the observers. Well, again, that that goes into a subject that I think we should talk about next week with the traditional gender roles parenting men the right way because we do have a great problem in our country of men who are being raised by women and not with the right ideals i mean i'm not going to be one of those people who is like oh you know you have to have a mom and a dad in the house look if you got two moms and two dads and you're doing the right thing your kids are being raised up with the right values i don't care if it's two men two women a man a woman whatever just do it right be a part of your mm-hmm. kid's life. And on on in addition to the 19 thing and, and the whole traditional roles of having, you know, a woman at home and, and the man goes out to work. I also like the option of being able to go out and work and earn my own money for what I want. And because I like feeling like I'm contributing to the household. Now, of course... You know, the situation under which I find myself because of other people and circumstances completely out of my control makes it necessary for me right now to be a part of the cog in the machine and be on the hamster wheel. I mean, not to say that in the future that I would not enjoy being off the hamster wheel and just doing what you're doing where I make sure that... You know, my man's house is clean. His food is cooked. I'm available to him throughout the day if he has desires that he needs met. I don't have a problem with that particular dynamic. But I also like having the option of saying, I'm going to go and get this job 
so that I can contribute to the household and feel like an equal partner. Cause I do like the equal partnership. I do like the fact that, and maybe it's because I've been in such a male dominated world for so long. I like the fact that I can contribute on a relatively similar level as my significant other. I like that we can work in conjunction with each other and it's not the dynamic of, well, I am, you know, I am the alpha. I make money. You cook me dinner. Like he'll be in the right. kitchen with me. You know, it's it's this unchoreographed yet like perfect it's, it's, dance. You're equal to in the. Okay, I haven't said that yet today, but I've said it before between me and you. Like on humaning skills, like yes, both people need to eat. So yes, both genders should know how to make food. It's you have to do certain things to be a human. Like, no man should be not expected to cook. Are you going to die? You're, you're going to live on fast food your entire life? Like, I don't the the assumed um, lack of a man's role thing. Like, I, that's annoying to me. You have to eat, bro. If it was, you were on your own, you would have to eat. You would have to know how to cook. Well, Exactly. I, you know, I raised two boys and taught them that you will know how to cook for yourself. You will know how to do your own laundry and clean your own house because you're not going to expect that the woman or man, I'm not judging, that you end up with is going to essentially be your, you know, domestic slave. That's just not going to be how it works. We are in a world where men can cook their own fucking dinner and women can go out and make a wage. And I'm a fan of that. And... Also, at the same time, there's a little bit of me that is old school and enjoys sometimes letting the man be the man and take care of me. I don't think there's anything Uh wrong with having a healthy balance of that. And in that, like I said, you know, despite the fact I don't feel like I that, you know, my vote counts or that it even matters, I still like the right to have it if ever I want to exercise it. that That's just, yeah, kind of a cake and eat it too situation. Yeah, in a way it really is. But I don't think it's out of the realm of allowance. But it, it's kind of a, and, and we're going to have to wrap here soon, but um, it, it's kind of, if I don't create part of the problem by not voting then i don't have to listen to men bitch and complain and say you have to help me clean this up because you helped make it well no i didn't because i didn't exercise this right that i have just because one Mm -hmm. can does not mean one should and that is the way that i look at it personally is i like having the option to do something even if i don't exercise the right to do it yeah I feel yeah. I just when they're coming after the second one and really mad about the first one, um I'm more of the mind is like we should get rid of the newer stuff first and keep some of the old stuff. Like we could probably repeal everything after ten. Like just fucking whoops, undo and it would be fun. Um but it's it's a it's a individual problem or it's solvable on the individual level so that way collectively we're all okay 
Like if we're all eating what we should, if we're all moving our bodies the way we should, if we're all well hydrated, if we're all emotionally regulated, then nobody is the crazy person. There's no Florida man. It all ends. That would basically mean getting everybody on the same page with the same general uh, plan. That's never going to happen, sadly. But I do agree with you. We need to take the points in our life and make sure that they are sharp, which includes our mental, our physical, and our emotional. Why couldn't the yintas yakking? I think it went. Say that again? We yikety yacked all over the place. I said the yintas yakking went well. We yacked everywhere. That's right. So with that, we are going to play you fine folks out. That's right. All you strong women and men out there, go get that money. And we'll be back Monday morning, 7 a.m., bright and squirrely, to give you some more coffee and chronic to start your week. I've been the Princess of Profanity, Phoenix. No, I've been him for Emily Him. And we have enjoyed entertaining you this morning. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.